It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where a Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. Tom, I'm in trouble today. Uh-oh. Welcome to the session where Faith and Life <laughs> Connect on Shine FM and the podcast network is shinefmohio.com. I am Scott. He is Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. And I just opened my mouth to start and I had a complete brain cramp. I forgot anything I was about to say or try and do. Yeah, well, you shook it the right direction because apparently it reconnected there, Scott. Kind of like you banged the radio upside. Oh, wow. You try and get it come on, and I think you hit the right spot. Did did I get the right connection? (laughs) Apparently, Scott. Now I can keep the right emphasis on the right syllable, and we'll try and get this going here. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us this morning, and it is time to celebrate our pastors and share some information today. And today, Tom and I are going to answer the question, has the pandemic made your pastor want to quit? And it's a sad answer. Before we answer that, we go to God's Word, Tom. Well, and Scott, let's do that. I think it's great that we always start with Scripture. (laughs) Wow. My brain is not fully engaged today. Uh, I'm very sorry. Beam me up, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) I said I'll give it a look. She's good. (laughs) So anyhow, I I know, Scott, let's have a Scripture. Why don't we go to Scripture, Tom? (laughs) All right, here we go. Out of Thessalonians 5, verses 12 and 13. And now, friends, we ask you to honor those leaders who work so hard for you, who have been given the responsibility of urging and guiding you along in your obedience. Overwhelm them with appreciation and love. Oh, wow. And here we can get right away in the show our celebration of success. Exactly. Why don't we celebrate our pastors with what they do right rather than want to point out, well, you know, your your third point pastor was off and you didn't quite get it right why don't we embrace what is going right and celebrate it for our pastors exactly and that is the point is to begin pastor appreciation month if you have not yet figured out a way to honor and celebrate your pastor boy this is the time to do it and not a sponsor but i would suggest you've heard it on on shine fm occasionally blessyourpastor.org uh-huh. is a place that you can go for resources and ideas if you're kind of having, like me, a brain cramp this morning <laughs> and things are not fully functioning. You can kind of get that to get the, the wheels spinning and lube up the uh, chassis a little bit. It's true, Scott. The sparks aren't flying quite so much as now. They seem to have calmed down. Oh, my uh. gosh. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. But anyhow, right. we, we want to address this idea, you know, just as the pandemic has been hard on us, it has been hard on your pastor, and ours has addressed that from the pulpit. You know, during the time when we were quarantined, right? And he was having to to preach via YouTube, internet, email, whatever he could do. Right. And he said, 
I'm not wired that way. Uh-huh. I much prefer to have you people falling asleep in front of me here than on the YouTube channel. Yes. At church. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's where you're supposed to laugh. Yeah, insert a laugh track here. Um, but he very, you know, he's just, he enjoys having an audience and having the congregation there to share God's word with instead of just staring at, a, at an iPhone or at a camera. Yeah. And for those who really needed to hear that, hopefully they were awake. Yes. Hopefully they were doing better than we were. Okay. So let's, let's start with a few things here to maybe give our pastors some, um, rest some help some encouragement some love as our passage out of thessalonians shares with us to overwhelm them with appreciation and love and this first one we may need to define a word tom because after all i have a big 10 education (laughs) and i may not always have the wordage right but the first point here develop a lament practice now when i think of lament i'm thinking of oh woe is me yeah you know i'm thinking of laments out of you know job and psalms and that kind of stuff and what's really interesting is for a big 10 education your lament was really accurate there (laughs) well yay yeah we get to celebrate i got that right today see celebrate it and i also have a big 10 education Yes, but you did a lot more with yours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I added a few others. But yes, you added a few things to go with that. Yeah. So a, a lament is really a great way of pouring out what we're feeling on the inside. And so the Psalms really are a great tool. There's a lot of laments in the Psalms. So developing a lament practice can build hope because you're getting it out and you're feeling more intimate and connected with our God by doing it. So the Psalms of Lament stay with us and give us a sense that God remains with us in and through difficulties. Okay. So the idea of, I think you said it this way before, to bring things out into the light where Jesus is. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And we're actually using his words. We're praying his scripture to him. And praying it back to him and, and, and saying it back to him as a form of worship. There we go. Okay. Yeah. For those who want to look it up, Psalm 13 is an example. Why don't you give us an example of that, Tom? Maybe Psalm 13? I think so. That would work. There's probably a couple others in there, too. Oh, it's just not fully functioning today. I'm very sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our example out of Psalm 13, Tom. This has got on seven out of eight cylinders this morning. (laughs) I think more like five, but okay, okay. Thank you. Yes. How long, Lord, will you forget me? forever how long will you hide your face from me how long must i wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my hearts how long will my enemy triumph over me so that, see now that's the definition of a lament mm-hmm. that's what i thought that's what i thought of when so i'm still trying to get my head around to develop this practice so what you so the encouragement here is to develop a a, a practice of crying out to God. Yeah. Don't just right. internalize it. Right. Don't just cry out to your wife, cry out to God. Right. Statistically, if you keep it in over a long period of time, the probabilities start to work against you. And you, you know, ultimately you're going to Vesuvius all over, all over somebody. Which is going to impact that relationship, whoever got the brunt of it. Well, chances are the deacon deserves it, but okay. <laughs> 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 I'm sure I'm on some level. <laughs> so, sorry, don't don't send me emails. I was one. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so it it brings it to light. It also, when we get it out, 
we have a longer life expectancy because otherwise it sits inside of us, it, we suppress it and then we repress it and it impacts our health. So longevity of life is greater if we do it. We're also relying more and becoming more intimate with our God and that's what's really important. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're talking some about uh, developing rest with uh, with a pastor, and this maybe is a conversation to have with a with your pastor, or maybe with the, your pastor's spouse. Right? Maybe you should start that way, or maybe those deacons who might have a say and could help him. And we're going to get to that. I know we're going to get to. Um, uh, some other things coming up here, I think, as I look down here, that maybe we will cover that idea in a minute. Let's go to the next one, Tom, to discern your rest deficiencies. Well, that's, that's an true. awful lot of big words again. <laughs> I'm not early. drinking coffee anymore, Tom. Come yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, where are you lacking in your rest? That has the potential to keep you up at night. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's going to be one of those days, ladies and gentlemen. Is you, uh, let me again say, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> now, you, I know you have, if I remember right, you have done this. Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith has designed a rest survey. Right. Is, is this the one you said yes. you took? Yes. It shows my deficiencies. Well, there are nine, I think, give or take a couple, categories or areas that the survey covered. And so a lower number meant you were healthier in that situation. The higher the number, the lack of rest that you probably experienced. So one of the areas was physical rest. I've scored a 21 in it. So it means I'm pretty much getting some rest. 21 and lower really was good. Yeah. So twenty one, not not bad, but I would think that with your with your physical activity and doing the swimming and the exercise you do, right. your body would by nature rest better anyway. I think so. When I put my head on the pillow at night, there's no problem. <laughs> not an issue. In fact, yeah, I hear oftentimes, honey, you're asleep. Put your cell phone away and go to bed. Go to sleep. <laughs> Turn the light out. I get my rest there as much as possible. And in fact, Sunday afternoon, basically after we got home from church Sunday, I basically just rested. It was the Sabbath. I actually was pretty accurate there. Rested all day. I felt like I needed it. Well, mm-hmm. and sometimes listening to your body is a good thing. Yes, that's you know, true. When it, when it says rest, it, you probably need to. Now, this, this uh, survey, we will try to get a link to it. And I'll try and share that in the show doc. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to, to do that or not, but we'll right. try and we'll try and get that to well, you. Yeah, so others can take it. Yeah. And particularly as a pastor, if you're out there listening, to be able to find it, Krista Cordova, uh, Christianity Today, she authored the article, and it would be in her article. Okay, so Christianity Today. All right, right. all right, yeah. we can look that up. This one was interesting, Scott. Yes, my mental score. <laughs> Oh, boy. My mental rest score was somewhat high. (laughs) It was a 24, which when you stop and think about it, what my day is like. Oh, yeah. That I'm using my mind every day, or I'm supposed to be. (laughs) Now, do you have trouble shutting your brain off at the end of the day because it's go, 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 go? Do you have trouble getting it to wind down? Well, I have really appreciated... And actually, some of the teaching at Heritage that takes place, 
when we talk about entrance and exit rituals that a marriage should have, married couples should have a regular routine of how they exit in the morning. Does that mean a hug, a kiss, and, you know, and I love you and that kind of thing? And then also coming home, the entrance ritual should be the same. Well, connected to that is between work and home, you want to debrief. You want to unwind. And it's been interesting over the years to hear so many different couples and what they do to unwind. One that sticks out in my mind, the the husband had to sit in his easy chair and watch the news. And by the time the news was over, he was ready to greet his family. Really? Wow. Yeah. Others were, well, let me go take a shower, change my clothes, and I'll come down and I'll be, be here. If it means that you want to spend some time coming home with worship or prayer so that you're you're connecting with them. Usually coming home, I'm listening to something through my car play that runs my phone. It's some kind of podcast. Uh, recently, I think and I, we shared before we went on the air, I've been listening to family talk about how self-esteem for children, how important it is in developing it. Now, podcasts can be helpful. I, I can remember growing up that the ritual was come home, dad would get out of his suit, dinner, Walter Cronkite, read the paper. There you go. Yeah. And it, and it was a daily thing with dad yeah. that he would do. And then my math homework would come up. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, the, and the, oh, no, that again, would begin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. As he and I both struggled with story problems. And for us, it went, it, the r- ritual or routine would be dad would come home and my brother and I would head for the hills. <laughs> <laughs> Get gotta go play see ya. we're out of here <laughs> so now emotional rest score and again my day is filled with helping people experience emotions or connecting with their emotions and so we tend to in session feel what our patients are feeling and that helps us identify what they are feeling so i had a 20 it was actually lower wow and partly i think that has a lot to do with my day is unto the Lord. I'm calling on him. I am relying on him and not me. So you're kind of really more or less a conduit. People share with you. You turn around and share that with with God, and, and, and then it works back as he maybe works through you to help them. Yeah, and it's much more powerful than if I, we were relying on me. I would not have a 20 there if it was just up to me. <laughs> Probably be 40-something. The spiritual rest score. Again, where we just were was a ten. Wow! So that that's indicating that your balance in that is pretty good. Yeah, the emotional rest there okay. is really good. So social rest score. This is really interesting. I had a twelve. So I'm really okay with socializing and connecting with people. Well, I hope so because you know I, I'm in the people business. Right? Well, yeah, that now, yeah, valid point there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that do does it. not that involves more than just Finley. Well, yeah, that's you know walking certain. the dog at night. But think about the introvert who would have to do something social. Can you imagine what their score would be? 
I can tell you it's going to be about 70. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, I think we're talking as, to one as here. As the resident introvert, <laughs> I can tell you. Oh, my gosh. It's, probably, it's, it's the most uh, amazing thing that people hear, surprising thing they hear about me, is that I'm, I, I am at least an introvert, if not fully shy. Off the air. Off the air. On the air, I can be an extrovert because I'm in this room. And it's really interesting, and we'll we'll have to dive yeah, I know. into. I'll call you later. <laughs> there is help for this, Scott. You, did, you never did this with Josh or Todd before me, did you? No, <laughs> uh-uh. no. It's because they had it all together. <laughs> all right. Well, so then, our sensory rest score. Those would be the things you know. Our senses. What are we hearing, and how does that wind you up or not? I had a fourteen. So. If we were talking about learning styles, which everybody has a learning style just like they have a personality, some of us would prefer to see a picture. Some of us would prefer to hear it. Some of us would prefer to try to experience it. So for me, my score was a 14. Still good, not terribly bad. But for me, I am okay with having the TV on if I'm sitting working on my phone with writing a devotional or doing some research for the show, that's fine with me. It doesn't bother me. My dad, it would have driven him nuts. <laughs> Maybe he did do that. No. <laughs> oh, Maybe well, it did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but And so anyhow, with that in mind, he ends up telling me, no TV, no radio, no tape player. You go in your room by yourself and you study because that's what would work for him. Well, the problem was he wasn't doing my math homework. I was. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it's funny how siblings are different that way. I had to have total silence. My sister, on the other hand, uh, you could probably have all kinds of stuff going on and she just bibbity bibbity bit and she'd always get, she usually got better grades than I did. That doesn't mean that she was right or you were right and the other one was wrong. It's just the difference. We all have different personalities. Yeah. way we're, we're just wired differently. Right. Yeah. Well, of course, some people's personality might be wrong. And some people, well, <laughs> no. some of our wiring might be shorted out somewhere <laughs> along the way. That's right. And so here, this is interesting, our creative rest score. How creative are we? And some people could actually do something like that. They could be creative and it would calm them down they would feel energized by doing that. Music. Yeah, a good friend of mine is an accomplished artist, and I think he loves his time in his element of painting, when he's painting a picture. Yeah. And and that lights him up. And, And he is very much an extrovert. It really does play into it. So today on the session, we're talking about rest and your pastor here is in pastor appreciation month and the importance of helping your pastor get rest and the next point here tom is to determine a restorative schedule i'm going to kind of jump into this a little bit and just say you know what i'm guessing this may have uh something to do with the concept of a sabbatical mm-hmm. for your pastors right. and helping them work out a sabbatical that could be any length of time from a long weekend to a month or right. more, right? depending on your your setup as a church. And the severity of the situation. Right. And so looking at your calendar also and putting boundaries around your time. And I've, I've said it before, I'm still a, f- a firm advocate of pencil in 
your wife, pastor, or put your spouse on the calendar. Yes. And then make sure your phone doesn't intrude in that time. That's right. So what, and to the female pastor to say, yeah, what you said, put your spouse's name in there and then guard that time so that you have that time. I've said before, and I still go back to seminary when I had a good friend who was a pastor, but he was also working on his counseling degree. He had a boat on Sandusky Bay, and he named it On Call. So he could say, I'm on call. I'm on call. (laughs) (laughs) And he really was. But that guarded his time, though. Right. And that, that becomes really important. So... Revise your workload and activities to allow for healthy, sustainable work life in rhythms that that are are like habits that regularly happen. The the workload and and activity becomes very important. We want to give up control and and the, the pride that comes with, I've got to have my finger on everything. That's where pride, and and Rick Warren, who was saying recently, that pride is so incredibly important that we win the victory over. That pride is one of the chief tools of the enemy to keep us from a more intimate relationship with our God. And our family. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, because what good is a, you know, you talk about a sustainable work life Right. A 14-hour day is not sustainable if you're falling asleep at your desk and not getting anything done. Th- that's what, true. What good have you done other than you put a dent in your forehead from where you hit the desk? <laughs> that's true. And you're not at home with your family. True. And Pastor Rick Warren uses a plan that includes diverting daily to something that brings joy and do it. Withdraw regularly. You have to have that time to rebuild your resources inside to recoup and, and to rest and be able to go again. It's really, really critical for me. <laughs> I I don't know why he's smirking. <laughs> That's one of the things about golf that I, I really enjoy. It's a time away where I look at the golf course like a sanctuary. It's just yeah. so beautiful to be out there. And it can be so relaxing if you're having a decent round and then managing it. Like the guy that got me into golf, my former supervisor would say, well, hey, if you're having a bad round of golf, look at the beautiful birds that are out there in the, in the landscape and get something out of it. Enjoy where you are. And, yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I know so little about golf that I know I'm going to play bad, so I don't worry about it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Right. Now, if I duff it and hit it six feet in front of me, yeah, I'm going to be a little irritated that I did that. Uh, right. Me but, too. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know what you're doing. I don't. So, you know, it's kind of a, okay, you know, but you know what? It's so beautiful and quiet out here. Yeah. And wow, look at that. A deer just ran across the course. Can and, I go chase him? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that has happened. Uh, we've seen fox out there before. That's really cool. At least it's not Florida where gators come up and take your golf ball yes. uh, along for a walk. <laughs> They've not taken my golf ball, but probably two or three different times between golfing in South Carolina and golfing with my son in Florida, we've seen alligators on the course. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, I think you can successfully call that an obstacle. That's true. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> or was that what is that officially called an impediment to play? Someone could call it an uh, unplayable lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sitting on the gator's back is not a good place for your ball. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we do something about that. Yeah, that's that. You work around it is what you do. All right. So one more thing to to suggest for. Uh, our pastors is to delegate responsibilities and this is tough if you're an alpha uh-huh if you're a, a type a and you're a mr fix it delegating responsibilities like changing the light bulbs in the sanctuary when you've got a sermon to do or watering the flowers out front because the ladies committee can't come do it yeah delegate it anyway that's why you have a building grounds committee as well as i would go as far as saying that the assistant pastor might be able to manage the men's breakfast on saturday morning oh now you're meddling oh boy <laughs> yeah remember the email address is at scott at shine fm <laughs> scott at shine fm ohio.com huh? right. and feel yeah. free to reach out to me anytime that's perfectly fine i'll just forward it to tom for advice uh, <laughs> but uh, you've got something here from dietrich bonhoeffer what well, he says encourage pastors to give the pride associated with having control we kind of alluded to that a little bit ago give it away give it to the lord and he encourages training lay ministry. Unpack that for us a little bit. What does what does it mean to train lay ministry? That means to identify within your church those who have a heart to want to minister to others, who want to be involved, and then they get trained in some basic things of maybe like being a small group leader. Maybe it means uh, talking about marriage and identifying those couples or or reaching out to those couples who have needs that are not necessarily clinical in nature where they should be put in in counseling and helping them do it training them encouraging them empowering them putting them in position to be successful so that you can then celebrate the success yes okay and you never know you may find the next one that god is called to be a pastor right because of the encouragement you gave Exactly. You've empowered them to do it. It's one thing I'm so thankful for, Scott, over my career, the number of people that were wondering what they were going to do with their lives and listening to them make comments about, well, I feel so motivated. I feel so connected and energized when I'm helping others and I'm helping them. You know, I, I do it in my cell group or my home group. Well, what's interesting about that is they eventually have become counselors themselves. And some of them are out there motivating others now to go into counseling. And it becomes a perpetuating cycle. Yeah. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's really awesome. As we kind of put a bow on this today, has the pandemic made your pastor want to quit? Right. The answer is probably. Yes. 29% of pastors right now, because of the pandemic, and its demands, and it's the right or wrong. Either way, they're they're going to be wrong. The between mask mandates and the fight that we're all experiencing right now to mask or not to mask. Should we social distance or not? Do right. you shake hands, hug, or do you just kind of stay away? Right or and, cancel or cancel completely? Yeah, no matter what decision a pastor makes, he's going to be wrong. I mean, the church is just as divided as the country. So. of pastors right now have contemplated career changes because of that. Wow. So a key to this maybe is a time of rest for your pastors. Yes. Thus why we discuss this topic today. And you will find the show, the notes here. We'll get a link to that rest survey on there for you as well so that you can maybe pass it on to your pastor or take it yourself 
if you're right. a pastor and see if maybe you need to go to your church and say, you know, there's some things happening here. I need this. I would say it took me about 20 minutes. Probably, okay. Probably could have done it in 10 if I'd stayed awake long enough. Jeez. But maybe you take that rest survey and it identifies another need. Right. I know one thing that you do like to do is to help be a pastor to the pastor. Right. And how can someone start a conversation with you? Well, I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. And if you came in in the middle, remember, you can go back and start over and listen to the whole thing on the podcast network at shinefmohio.com. Thanks for joining us today.